You're listening to the Learn Islam podcast. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram and Telegram for updates on Islamic events and classes. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. The first question for you is can you share some of your some of the keys in understanding the Quran and also specifically to one of your books I believe that some of us here have perhaps got a glimpse of um, some of your publications the person asked Dr Musharraf I appreciate the seven golden rules in your teaching can you share more about it please I hope this gives you airtime making up airtime for um, the lecture just now um, and for Ustaz Mizi how can we motivate ourselves to read the Quran daily without fail and resonating the importance of it vis-a-vis Facebook, Instagram and other social media? I think we can start with those three questions. Bismillah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. <coughs> Thank you for that question. It's, um, um, it's in my book actually, Keys to Understanding. <laughs> so you need to read the book. Um, so what are the golden rules of um, understanding the Qur'an? Um, I think, you know, first and foremost is for us to realize how amazing, powerful and minimalist the Qur'an is. Minimalist means concise, precise, pithy, terse, brief, in summary. It doesn't waffle, like we waffle and we just talk and talk and say so many things. Allah has a mastery over everything, okay? So he has mastery over creating the algorithms for his wahi as well. And those are far greater and well-developed than the AI that we have and will ever have, okay? His, just imagine, you know, if one of the worries the artists are having now is will we be made redundant? Writers are having this problem. (laughs) Will we be made redundant? Because this thing will be able to do us out. Uh, Just imagine if our AI can be so bright. Just imagine Allah and Jibreel, you know? Jibreel's AI, what would it be like? Seriously, the divine algorithms. So no wonder the Quran is uh, so amazing. So I, I think the first rule is for us to be convinced of its versatility, vitality, usefulness, and the fact that really it's something that I must, I must understand. Faith, yaqeen. If you don't have that, it really doesn't matter. There's no other golden rule. That's number one. So this yaqeen is so important. And this is why, we, how do we begin? فَإِذَا قَرَاتَ الْقُرْآنَ فَاسْتَئِذْ بِاللَّهِ Okay? When you begin reading the Qur'an, the first thing is, remove that shaitan, that demon, that falsehood promoter. Any doubts, get rid of them. ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابِ لَا رَيْبَ that amazing book of guidance, that noble book, has no doubt in it whatsoever. Guidance for the muttaqeen, for mindful, for aware, conscious, 
awake person. That's it. <laughs> so, you know, that's the f it really so serious. And sadly, many of, those, uh, of us don't come to the Quran with that kind of mindset. And this is why you can't come to the Quran just like that. You've got to go to and do wudu. <laughs> clean yourself outwardly. Clean yourself inwardly. Sit in a particular way. Can you see how the Quran is, how the Prophet ﷺ is telling us to get ready to receive the revelation? And this is the other thing. The second thing is, just imagine Allah is speaking to you. Who is the addressee? Who is the mukhatib? You are. Can you just imagine that? You know, one of our great poets was Alama Iqbal. Allama Dr. Muhammad Iqbal Rahmatullah Ta'ala, one of the great philosophers of the 20th century. And he was a great expert and lover of the Quran as well. And you know, he's, he says that whenever I used to pick up the Quran to read, my father used to say, son, read the Quran as though Allah is revealing it on you. You are the recipient of the Quran. So that is, you know, that's rule number two, believe. You know that God is speaking to me. This is after all Kalamullah, isn't it? One of the names of the Quran is what? Kalamullah, Allah's speech. Who is he speaking to? You. Okay. So that's very important, you know, this idea. And, uh, you know, the Quran says, uh, we reveal this book. We reveal this. You are mentioned in it. You are, Sheikh Moiz, you are mentioned in it. Uh, Sister Al Amelin, you are mentioned in it. Sheikh Zulkarnain and Fakhr and all of you. You say, what? I'm, I'm mentioned in the Quran? Do you believe that? Come on, the Quran says you are mentioned in the Quran. And one of the great Tabis, um, I think his name is Abdul Qais. He, you know, when he read this verse, he said to his students, hey, get the Quran, get the Quran. They got it and they said, read. And they started reading and he says, that's about me, that's about me, that's not. I should be like that, I shouldn't be like this. Are you with it? So that's another golden rule. When you read the Quran, read as though you are the addressee. Okay, and, and have this, you know, and, and you, you, you mentioned something very nice at the beginning. You said, we've just experienced when Sister Sharifa, is it? When she was doing the Qarat, did you experience something? Were your heart touched? Hearts touched or not? That's the experience. You know, until you experience the Quran, you're not going to get guidance from it. So this is what I, in, in my translation, Alhamdulillah, I've tried to, Get my readers experience it. For example, let's take the story of, okay, Musa salam. Let's take the story of Musa salam. This is Musa. You know, he's running away from Egypt. Okay, he runs away from Egypt. He goes to Madian. Seven days walking. Seven days walking. There's hardly any food he's had. Hungry, thirsty, tired. And he goes to the well of Madian. And the Quran is telling us this story, beautiful story. Just listen to the story, the way the Quran tells us. And I want you to experience this. You know, this is somebody asked, 
you know, what is your advice about, you know, uh, what are those golden rules? You've got to experience. So Musa is at the well, and he sees lots and lots of people with their flocks of sheep and goats, and he sees two girl ladies standing to one side with their flock. He goes up to them and says, why aren't you giving your flock water? They say, well, these men aren't letting us, you know what men do, you know, they push in, okay? They're, they're not letting us do it. That's why we're standing here. Until they go, we will, you know, and we've got an elderly father. We have to do this work. It's interesting, the details they, the Quran gives. But then, what does Musa do? He rolls up his sleeves, gets the bucket, and he, how many buckets do you think he would have pulled to give 20 sheep water? Lots, won't it? Just remember he's been walking for seven days. <laughs> seven days of walking, hunger, tiredness. What does he do? He gives, and they walk off with their sheep. And what does he do? The Quran says, he goes under a tree and says, Rabbana anzilna, uh, Rabbana, uh, Rabbana ma, whatever Lord you give me, ana bima anzalta ilayya min khayrin, fa inni faqeer. Ya Lord, whatever you give me, I'm in desperate need of it. I'm in. You know, when you're reading that, just experience that and say, look, he's volunteering. He didn't ask them for any. He could have asked them, hey, give me some food, will you? I've been traveling for seven days. I've done some work for you. Give me some food or something. No. He puts trust in God. Just, just feel the tiredness of Musa. And then his beautiful prayer, Rabbana inni bima anzalta min khayrin faqeer. Very powerful dua. You know, and you say, this is my motto now. I am going to put my trust in my Lord. You know, until you begin to experience the Quran, until you come with it, with this open heart, as you know, Sheikh said, open heart and mind, okay, to embrace its teachings and really enjoy that experience of reading it. But you can't do that. If you don't read it in your mother tongue, you can't do it in Arabic, sadly, okay? Unless you're, uh, you've spent, uh, well, I've been learning Arabic for more than 50 years, okay? Hifs, the language, I started at the age of 13 learning the sarf nav okay? And I still have two dictionaries, Arabic dictionaries on my desk all the time, okay? So, but it's your mother tongue that you need to read the Quran in, seriously. Of course, read the Arabic for thawab and for enjoying that sound iconicity of it. But then, for meanings, you really need to, as, as the you need to go to the sheikh. But the best thing is, let us have beautiful translations. Translations that speak to us, that bring that beauty and preciseness of the Quran. So I think those are some of the golden rules. More details in my book. <laughs> uh, how do we read the Quran every day, is it? That was the question? Yes. Um, and I think they were comparing it to social media. Right? So I asked you the question, what makes you visit social media every day? In fact, you wake up, you grab your phone, did anyone comment on Instagram? Or did anyone like my photo on Facebook? Right? It naturally becomes a reflex almost, like the first thing you do. And the last thing you do also, look at your phone until you fall asleep. Right? Um, why do you keep coming back? Well, the algorithm works in such a way to make you come back. Whatever you look for, it gives more of, right? More and more. So we become addicted 
to social media. Um, so is the goal to get addicted to the Quran? I don't know whether addiction is the right word, but the reason why people keep going to the Quran is because they feel a connection with it. And the way you can have a connection with it is for you to um, understand what the message is being delivered to you. You know, how does this relate to me? You know, how, how does this resonate with what I'm going through in my life right now? Sometimes there is, you know, you just need to spend a bit of time. I don't know whether it has happened to you before, but some people have told me, Ustaz, I was having one of the worst weeks of my life. I decided instead of going back home, I went to the masjid to pray my Asar and Maghrib. And I sat there, this person said, and I was all alone. No one was in the masjid, it was like 6 p.m. or something. And I took out the Quran and I flipped open. And the first verse I looked at spoke directly to me and my problem. MashaAllah. Right? So you turn to Allah, just like the story of Nabi Musa earlier. He could have sought help from the people, but instead he went to Allah. If you turn to Allah for help, the Quran will suddenly become a source that feeds you with answers, with solutions to your problems. Okay? So, a practical answer would be, don't turn it into a boring ritual. Right? Make it interesting, number one. Number two, keep it light. Don't force yourself to read 10 pages a day because that's what you did in Ramadan. Sometimes it's not sustainable as a momentum. Some of you are nodding and smiling. You felt amazing, Sheikh. Everybody's having a spiritual high in Ramadan. They are levitating, their feet is not on the ground. They're not like, ah. Oh. But the moment first of Shawwal arrives, that's it. Right? It's a 180 degree change. And what happens? You feel horrible. Don't feel horrible. That's what shaitan wants you to feel. Shaitan wants you to feel like you're a hypocrite. See, I'm a good Muslim for 30 days and then the next 11 months, I'm just an average Muslim who sometimes reads the Quran. Don't. This is how you overcome those negative voices by ensuring that you maintain istiqamah, consistency every day. Let's, let's see what happens when you read just one page a day. Or half page, right? Half a page every day. Can you do that? Yes or no? Yes. But you need uh, an alarm, a notification, a reminder. Okay? You need that. Let's be honest. We forget. We get busy with life. Even though this is his first time in Singapore, he already knows Singaporeans are busy. He said, right, that's not in the opening. Right? We are busy, 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 busy. Right? We always have something to do. But when you look at the Quran as something you turn to when it's convenient, when you have free time, you'll never do it. It has to take over a greater priority. It has to be number one. Right? For example, every morning before I leave my house, read the Quran. Every day during lunchtime, I will read the Quran. Something like that. Or an activity with the family. This is what I mean by making it interesting. After Maghrib, sit down with your kids and read one verse, one passage along with the meaning. You know, don't go line by line, like probably the kids would like. Find verses that um, the kids can understand. Or maybe stories. They love stories, right? Kids love stories. Tell a story. The Sheikh took five minutes to tell a story in Musa. You can do that too. Okay? So these are some ways that you can try to do, inshallah, and hopefully it helps. 
I think in essence, it's a change of mindset in terms of how we approach the Quran and also I think inculcating habits. Mm. Um, and I think it really reminded me of this hadith where Rasulullah sees that the deeds that are most beloved by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the small ones and those that are being done consistently. And then in itself just shows how it's already mentioned in the hadith is how for us to inculcate this sort of habits. Um, touching on the point that Ustaz Bizi did mention about you know, building that connection with the Quran, I think we also like to hear a perspective from um, Dr. Musharraf with the question, from a person who has strayed away, disengaged from the book, how do we be, how do we rebuild that relationship? I think following to that, also building on a lot of the points that you have mentioned earlier, where do we start as a beginner? Do we read the Quran in Arabic or the translation first? Okay, um, how long does it take to learn to read Arabic for a, let's say? someone who is 10 years old. How long, do, how many hours would it take? Well, um, I had a, an English young man who became a Muslim, but he was very bright, extremely bright actually. He went to a very top school, well, top-notch school, had just done 16, no, no, sorry, 14 or 15 GCSEs. Okay, he was really, and he was doing a retreat with us for 10 days. And I took him through uh, our Yassar al-Qur'an, an hour or so a day, and after uh, that 10 days retreat, he was able to read. There are 11 rules of learning how to read Arabic. That, that's why it's called Qa'ida. You know, Yassar al-Qur'an is your Qa'ida, the rules, 11 rules. You know, you learn the alphabet, you learn the Arab, you learn the Tanween, you learn the Jazm, the Shadda, and the long vowels, the short vowels, and that's it. It is so systematic, it is so logical. It's not like English, which is very irregular. You can't learn English so quickly, but Arabic is really for uh, an average um, intelligence, just, I don't know, 20 hours, 30 hours, 40 hours. Uh, really, it's not a big deal, as people think, sadly. Uh, and we've made it into such an arduous journey for children, Sometimes, uh, you know, it's not really good. You know, we need to bear in mind that, uh, you know, the, it's, it's a beautiful book, beautiful language, the Arabic, very easy as well to learn. So where do you start? Um, you know, again, it's a, uh, for all of you here, mashallah, all mature adults uh, and intelligent, edu highly educated people. Uh, you need to understand, don't you? Isn't that what you want? Which language is that? Well, for many, I think it'll be English. I, I, I think that would be your sort of main language of learning and reading. Uh, so I, I, I do, of course, we read in Arabic. You know, we've for thawab and ajr and to get the taste of the Quran. Yeah, that's good. But I, you know, I would, ra I would rather say, rather than you reading it, listen to it. Can you read as good as Sheikh Khalilul Rahman Khusri, Imam Sudes. <laughs> Why don't you listen to them? And Sheikh, isn't it true that you will get double the sawab? When you listen, Fakhr Razi, tell us. Am I right or am I just making this up? You get double the sawab when you are listening to the Quran. When you read it, you get one. 
but when you listen to it, you get double. So this is what I would say to you, and I practice this um, since we made our own app of the Majestic Quran. You can listen to whichever sheikh, you know. I, I love Mishri al-Afasi. Anybody like him? Beautiful. I listen to him. Listen to him, and then you must read translation. What did I say? No, no, you missed the first word. Must. <laughs> what does must mean? It's a condition, it's a requirement. People we gave and blessed this book with, read it as it ought to be read, meaning with understanding. You know, when you get an email, what do you try to do? You try to understand it. You know, I went to UK in the 60s. I was about eight years old. My father was uh, a, a teacher, and he was perhaps one of the few people in Halifax who could read and write Urdu. So a lot of these new immigrants from Pakistan, villagers who couldn't read and write, they used to receive letters from their mum and dad, or uncles, or grandparents, and they, on Saturday, they would come to our house and say, can you please read this letter for us? I really, you know, it's so moving. Um, so this person comes and my father would read the letter, and then he would say, can you just read that again? What did my mother say? Can you just read it again? And he would. And, you know, people paid so much attention listening to their mother's letter, their grandfather or their father's letter. Wow. What is this Quran? Is this not a letter from your Lord addressed to you? And I am not... I don't understand it at all. And I'm not bothered either. So I hope you can see you know, the importance of understanding and reading with your full head on. And this is why, you know, in fact, Rasulullah in a hadith says, you know, when you get tired, stop it. You do not read Quran when you're half asleep. You only read it when you are fully alert and paying attention. Isn't that right? How dare you read Allah's book? And you're not understanding it? So I hope you can see what I'm emphasizing. The translation and the understanding is so important. But I'm not saying you shouldn't read Arabic, of course. But as I said to you, to be honest, the better policies nowadays, you've got master qaris of the world at your fingertip. Why don't you take advantage? You know, another spin-off of that will be this, Amalin. You will become... Sharifa, Arya Sharifa. <laughs> After listening so much, you know, do just imagine, you know, if you listen every day, half an hour, don't you think you're going to be influenced? Your own pronunciation will improve. You'll start reading like Mishri and Sodes and Abdul Rahman, uh, Rahman Husri and Abdul Basit, inshallah, are you with me? That is, you know, so yes, let's start, you know, now we've got this amazing tool, you know, um, and, and so listen, but if you open up my Majestic Quran app, there you can actually see my translation as well in passages and headings, as Sheikh said. And you can listen and you can, inshallah, enjoy the, you know, the, uh, those of you who know Arabic, I mean, in, in my case, what I'm doing is when, when, when the Qari is reading, 
I'm reading the translation and also looking at you know, how it relates with the Arabic. It gives a very different kind of, but anyway, that's, I, th I, I would recommend that. Would you like that? How many people are gonna try that? Nobody, mashallah. <laughs> you know, this is the problem a, a muballigh has and a teacher has. <laughs> Teachers are not, students are not with it. <laughs> now, how many people are going to listen and then read the translation as well? Come on. MashaAllah. Young boys there, come on. And, you know, you, 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 you can copy, you know, your favorite qari and become like them, inshallah, Aziz. You know, that should be our ambition. Thank you so much, Shatta Musharraf. I think, I hope all of you are taking notes. There's so many tips that's being shared. Um, and I think I would like to segue and build on some of the tips that uh, Ustaz Misi mentioned earlier. Um, building on just the practical of, you know, changing mindset, developing habits. How can we also impart Quranic teachings not only to ourselves, but also family? Sorry, what? How can we impart Quranic teachings not only to ourselves, but our family members? I think a side question to that also personally to you would be, can you recommend us some good books that brought positive impact to your life? Um, and I think just one last question to wrap up the Q&A perhaps for Dr. Musharraf. Very beautiful question here. What's the best advice you could give us to have a contented heart? Yeah, I like that question. Yeah, upvoted. I'm glad you, you asked him. I'm going to keep my answers short. So how do you um, impart Quranic values to your family? The first is to um, develop a culture at home where it centers around the Quran. How? Number one, make it turn it into an activity, right? Get your kids to sit with you and read the Quran together. At in the beginning, sometimes you're just trying to introduce your kids to Quranic literacy, like how to read, right? And then after that, they're going to be wondering, what does this mean? And then you give them the headings, the headlines, the title of the surahs, right? Like my kids now, if I tell them what is Surah Tulfil, they know what it's about, right? Something is easy and simple for them first in the beginning. And then you make some chapters as part of a daily habit. So before they sleep, we practice what the Prophet ﷺ taught us, which is to, to read Surah Al-Falaq and An-Nas every night. So they read and they read and they read. After a while, they wonder, what does this mean? And then there's another opening and you teach them. Right? Oh, this means this. You're seeking protection from this and this and that. Wow, okay, it's interesting. Okay? And then, when the next time they read it, they know what it's about. Okay? When we uh, ride the car, when everyone's in the car, we read a dua. And the du'a is taken from the Qur'an. Tell them, oh, this du'a is actually from the Qur'an. Do you know that? And it ensures that we, we are safe throughout our journey, for example. So make every part of your life, every aspect, somehow connected to the Qur'an in one way or another. When you are going through a difficult time, um, open the Qur'an. When you're feeling sad and your kids can see, you look different, you look down, you look defeated. But what do you reach out for? You reach out for the radio to play some more sad songs to make you cry. Some people are addicted to sadness, doctor, right? Just feeling sad, what do I do? Play more sad songs, right? Turn to the Quran, they say, wow, look at this. Mommy and daddy, whenever they're sad, whenever they're worried about something, 
like something at work, they're worried about their medical results, they're worried about something, they turn to the Quran, mashallah. Like my mom always does this, my mother-in-law always does this. And so my wife and I, we are inspired by their unshakable faith. My wife shared with me a story about um, his, her brother, who one day was the most healthiest. He won so many competitions in school, athletics, running, sprinting. He, he one day came back home, she said, with 15 trophies in his bag. And he's more like a nerd, right? So the father was like, no, I don't think you'll win anything. He comes back with 15 trophies. One day, in, and during, I think, in his uh, national service, he was serving, he collapsed, and he had a coma, and he was out for a month. And doctors said, prepare for the worst. My father-in-law was so weak, he couldn't get up. But my mother-in-law, my wife said, the image is so vivid in her mind. This is the hospital bed. She's seated here with the Quran non-stop. Non-stop. People come and visit, people come and visit. Everybody just sees her, they're sitting there. Her eyes glued to the Quran, and she reads non-stop. Guess what? My brother-in-law woke up. My brother-in-law is back to his best health. He now holds a PhD. He just got his third child. MashaAllah. And if you believe in the power of the Quran, your family will be inspired by your amazing, unwavering faith in Allah and His words. So this is how you can develop the love and the culture of the Quran in your own homes, inshaAllah. There was a question about books. The, con the, the contented heart. Okay. More okay. important than More importantly. Books. So we'll... <laughs> My we'll books are like Tony Robbins, Stephen Covey, okay? Those things. All right. Dale Carnegie, yeah. Sure, Dr. Musharraf, would you like to take the question? Yes. Um, you know, just to add to what um, Sheikh Mizi said about um, getting your family to benefit from the Quran, uh, I have a... A, a scheme for sharing the Quran, you know, and what I do is uh, those who are serious students of the Quran and are really wanting to share it with others, um, what I suggest is you, you hold study circles, either in your home or in your masjid or your, wherever you are, in your place of work if, if you can. Even if it's just five, six friends, sisters getting together, some brothers getting together weekly for half an hour, 40 minutes, where you read those beautiful stories in English, okay? Read it in Arabic first or listen to it in Arabic first. No, re listen to it in Arabic and then, and then read those stories together. And what will come out of that is if there's six of you reading that story of Musa salam at the well of Madian, you know, each one of them, you will come out with a different kind of understanding and you share. And that communal sharing is really a beautiful way, that halqa of learning. Halqa, you know, this idea of halqa study circles is a very, very prophetic. Rasulullah, we know in Masjid Nabi there used to be halqa. There used to be circles. And uh, so Rasulullah was so proud to see his disciples sitting, discussing, reading the Quran in Halqat. So that's one, you know, I, I just wanted to add to that. So I do have in my uh, book, I think it's in this one, on how to s set up your study circle and how to develop that. That's one thing. 
you know, coming to this question, how do you make your heart content? Yeah, it's, it's a, you know, what is contentedness? What is this itminanul qalb? You know, even Ibrahim Islam says to Allah, you know, he says, وَإِذْ قَالَ إِبْرَاهِيمُ رَبِّ أَرِنِي كَيْفَ تُحْيِي الْمَوْتَى قَالَ أَوَلَمْ تُؤْمِنْ قَالَ بَلَا وَلَكِنْ لِيَطْمَئِنَّ قَلْبِي Ibrahim says, Ya Allah, show me how you will bring the dead to life. <laughs> show me how you will bring dead to. And Allah says, hey Ibrahim, you are my Khalil, you are my friend. Don't you believe? What does he say? Of course, bala. Of course I believe. But, but, but uh, I want to get the contentedness. I want to be 100% sure. No, no, no. I want to be really content with it. I want to have this itminanul qalb. So what is this itminanul qalb? Remember, I, I began by saying to you, what is your relationship with Allah? How do you look up to Allah? Are you truly a Muslim, the one who has submitted? Now, as Allah said to Ibrahim, Aslim, come on, submit, surrender yourself. He said, Aslam li rabbil alameen. Have you surrendered like Ibrahim? Because when he was told, you know, you know, he says, Ibrahim says to Ismail, you know, I saw that I was slaughtering you. What do you think? In other words, I'm going to do what my Lord tells me to do. Are you with it? Have you got that level of submission and surrendering to the will of God? Or are you still following your own rotten, evil, vicious self? Your own nafs amara? Are you the slave of your own nafs? Well, you listen. There is no itmananul qalb. There is no contentedness if you are the slave of your nafs and you even have billions. Seriously, read the you know the lives of these billionaire celebrities and heroes and business people and everybody. And worldly things, material things, are not going to make you content. They all say, well, of course, even you know, this economists will tell you, look, there is a level to which you need material and worldly things, okay? Beyond that, it has no impact, okay? You need something else. That's what you know, we were talking about at the beginning, that sense of realization, understanding, who am I? Who do I belong to? Who am I answerable to, okay? And once you know that, once you know who I am, where I stand, what my identity is, I am Allah's slave. I am Allah's. I love my Lord. I am Allah's. Okay? When you have that, that's it. You know, Alladina Allah bidikrillahi tatmainul kuloop. You know, the remembrance of your Lord will give you contentedness of the heart. Those who have this firm faith and are always righteous, 
you know, give them good news, okay? That for them is husna ma'ab, or their outcome, their place of rest is going to be amazing. You know, you need to have that, that sort of faith, seriously. Once you have that, it doesn't matter what kind of difficulties you are facing, seriously, you know. Uh, and, you know, Rasulullah look at what he went through. But did he ever lose this contentedness? No, he didn't. You know, just, again, you know, just imagine the Surah Al-Hijr was revealed after the Prophet Sallallahu journey to Taif. Do you remember what happened in Taif? What happened in Taif? Do you remember? He was thrown out. He was thrown out of the town. Not just thrown out, but they set upon him vagabonds, wretched people who threw stones at him, pelted him with stones, so much that he was bleeding. His sandals were red in blood. But look at the itminan, look at that contentedness. Can you imagine that? You know, he was a great leader. He came from a great community of a great Quraysh. He comes to Taif and this is how they treat him. He doesn't feel anything like that, <laughs> how they treat me. They punished me, they physically injured me, emotionally hurt me. Could you be in a worse state than that? No. But no, when he sits in that garden and the angels come and say to him, um, Ya Rasulullah, you know, I, I've been to Taif actually, I've been to that garden. I, uh, who's been to? Has anybody been to Taif outside Makkah? Hansa have been to Taif. You should go there. It's a beautiful, you know, it's on the other side of the mountains of Makkah. And um, so he's, he sits there and the angels come and they say to him, so Taif is actually uh, is, is, is a, on a, a plateau, okay? And there are mountains around it. Khashbatayn. And, and they say to him, uh, Ya Rasulullah, the angel of mountains, if you want, we can destroy the people of Taif between these two mountains. Look at this man who is, who has this itmananul qalb, you know, who is content with his Lord and the power of his Lord. He's bleeding, he's been hurt, his, his honor has been hurt. But what does he say? He says, no, no, no. I see that their children will be believers. That's itmananul qalb, isn't it? Physically hurt, physically injured, moral, uh, inwardly and emotionally hurt, devastated. But what does he have? He has that because he knows my Lord is so powerful. My Lord can change things. So this is, you know, what we really need to be, have that yaqeen, inshallah, Aziz. Once we have that yaqeen, you will have contentedness. Even facing serious problems, okay? You know, as a community leader and a religious leader, uh, we constantly face problems, very serious problems, you know, from every corner, you know, from our own people, from others, uh, from all sorts. But at the end of the day, you know, we say, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is with us. Inna Allah ma'asabireen. And that is what you need to have. You know, Musa is sent to Pharaoh. And, you know, Musa says, Ya Allah, he's going to kill me because they've got a charge on me. If I go back, there's a charge against me, they'll kill me. Allah says, go. 
anamakuma i am with you i am so musa goes with confidence you know it all comes back to this confidence you have you know do you believe allah is with me when you're facing that serious trial when you're going through that serious illness do you have that deep faith that my lord is going to take care and so what if i die <laughs> i'm going to go back to my lord who's going to treat me wonderfully my sheikh um, may allah bless his soul was a great mufassir of quran he was a graduate from al azhar and he had prostate cancer and he was taken to hospital in pakistan this is back in 70s and the chances of surviving a operation in pakistan was 50 50 okay and his family stood around him crying and he says to them why are you crying you know i have spent my life serving my lord i have worked for him and if this means i'm going to go to him i'm happy i look forward to that okay and that is inshallah you know have that yakin and faith in allah that is what the quran is and that is what quran builds you know this you know unmovable unshakable faith in allah when you have that yakin you will have contentedness mashallah and i think just to reiterate the last few points in that is to have this heart that is contented which is to, for us to have deep faith yaqeen and more importantly that strong belief that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is is with us and i think that's something that both dr musharraf and ustaz mizi wahid stress believe believe that allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with us is with us and mashallah that's really a great way to just sum up this session and i sincerely hope that we leave the session with the quran centered in our hearts and also our daily lives alhamdulillah brothers and sisters we are now at the tail end of our event um the qr code is now up for you to share your feedback and also your thoughts about the session today but more importantly for us to find out more on how to better cater to your spiritual needs as well as to improve um, uh, the future programs that we have once again i would like to thank you for being part of adil knowledge retreat from pages to hearts embracing quran in daily life and since you are here with us this evening um, guess what i am happy to share and announce to you that there will be another round of akr in october so be sure to follow all our social media platform facebook instagram and telegram and i would like to think that after today's session you wouldn't want to miss the one happening in october so brothers and sisters i hope we leave today's event feeling absolutely full and lightened in this blessed friday evening May we meet again insha'Allah ta'ala wa billahi tawfiq wal hidayah wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Sister thank Amaline, you can i can i just give everybody Absolutely. a gift if you open your app store and download the majestic quran please take it as a gift it's a beautiful app with the, my translation those sections introduction to surahs and their uh, in the, their central theme index search features you'll love it inshallah okay and you can listen to sheikh abdul basit so there's and uh mishri and enjoy that so gift for you all right <laughs> so do download the majestic quran please the majestic quran and inshallah we don't share it with your friends as well we just just leave with tips so we actually live with a gift from dr musharraf himself so going back to what you said it's not just about reading the translation but also listening 
to the various qari that we have. So thank you so much, Dr. Mushara, for gifting us here in Singapore. I hope that's something that, you know, every time we read it, every time we listen it, inshallah, it's more ajar and thawab for you, inshallah.